2: Back. I'm Kyle Mack and this is Combat Chronicles. What you're about to hear is just a snippet from a longer Patreon episode which covered the whole month of March in terms of kickboxing. It also covered the Cheat Vera versus Corey Sanhagen fight. Spoiler alert, thought Corey was absolutely brilliant, but hear my uh, greater thoughts on that in the full episode. And it also featured a long rant about Anthony Joshua in the wake of his win over Jermaine Franklin. It's that part of the podcast that's presented here, but if you want to hear the rest of that episode as well as a whole host existing bonus material, head on over to www.patreon.com slash combat chronicles. Whether you want to sign up or not, or whether you've got the means to do so, you can also help me by giving this episode a five-star rating and review on your preferred podcast platform. That makes the podcast more visible for others, and in turn, maybe they'll become patrons and help support the podcast whether you decide to do that or not, I really appreciate you taking the time and listening to this episode. So without further ado, here are my thoughts on Anthony Joshua and his fight with Jermaine Franklin, but mainly on where I see Anthony Joshua going forward. So the past, present and future Anthony Joshua, here it is. Winning a unanimous decision against Jermaine Franklin at the London's O2 Arena, gets Joshua back, on the, back in the win column, but there's way more nuance to it than that and... I think, actually, this is the death of Anthony Joshua, not to be extreme. So hear me out, and I'll try and uh, put some clothes on this uh, argument. Another new trainer for Joshua, who clearly doesn't know who he wants to be as a fighter. I think that's clear to see after this bout, which obviously we'll get into. Also, not I don't think he really knows what he wants to be as an attraction. I think that might be more important, because the um, that's really going to dictate where his career goes from here so let's talk about the fight let's talk about the fighters first for those uh, that are unaware let's go with joshua first because unless you are be living under a rock he's pretty well known olympic gold medalist world silver medalist uh two-time world heavyweight champion as a professional he's got three losses to his name once against andy ruiz which was a complete shocker so much so that i'd gone to bed early not thinking much of the fight and two to Alexander Usyk, who's maybe the best pound for pound fighter in the world. He has wins over the likes of Vladimir Klitschko, who was on a long hiatus but was still very dangerous. Um, and that's a modern heavyweight classic, in my opinion. Uh, Alexander Povetkin, Joseph Parker, amongst others. Uh, Dylan White, whatever. Probably someone that will miss him, but you know, you know, always wins. We all know, always wins. People who has not fought are Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, both of which fights everyone's wanted to see for. Ages, uh, whether that's Joshua's fault or not, who cares? He just hasn't fought them. Just stating facts. Uh, Jermaine Franklin, who he fought, I don't know much about him before he fought Dylan White um, last year, which was a very sloppy uh, fight. Franklin was the National Golden Gloves champion, which would have meant more in the 60s, 70s and 80s than it does now in terms of American heavyweight amateurs, but still an accomplishment. In terms of styles and skill and he's uh, fast-handed skillful defensive fighter lets his hands go in the pocket nice jab good at doubling and tripling it can uh, close the gap and close distance quite quickly with his fast feet very durable guy um, no punch whatsoever and if you think about the dealing white fight white looked like dog shit in that fight but very quickly realized that franklin couldn't hurt him he was having to walk him down and land hard shots now i thought that fight was close Franklin probably deserved to win it in terms of the quality of the shots or the quantity of the shots. But White did get his licks in, and he did it basically just by framing off and swinging big uh, punches over the top or underneath to the body. Handed plenty of big hard shots, and that's how he kept it close on the cards and won it. uh, A hometown decision, essentially. But you know, it was a close competitive fight. And the reason I mention that, even though Joshua is completely stylistically different to Dylan White. Uh, at least now, is that it's important to see those individual approaches and what they tell us about the mentality of the fighters. So, Franklin, fast, essentially a a boxer type, but uh, known for flurries and he's able to sort of um, counter quite well and uh, sort of catch and shoot kind of guy. Um, Joshua has never looked stiffer than he currently does. He's actually gone backwards since the Usyk fight. Uh, I saw some chatter online last night that, oh, he's, you know, He's trying to find his style And he's just using these rounds to warm up That's not what I saw Um, How the fight went essentially Was Joshua punch picking Trying to box with Franklin Franklin having his moments Joshua landing the quality blows Um, A lot of clinching Quite a messy fight But Joshua looked really stiff used to get um, A bit of a tangent here But I'll get to a point eventually When I was younger People would say about Amir Khan If you ever having a drink at a pub And talk about boxing Someone go, oh, Amir Khan, he's another Nassim, isn't he? it's like, what do you mean? Well, he's another Nassim, isn't he? Cocky. It's like, no. No, what you mean is, he's Asian and you're a racist. Um, Nassim Hamid was an awkward, power-punching savant, essentially. And Amir Khan was a athletically gifted, but, you know, athletically gifted in terms of his speed and whatnot, but not physically gifted in the way Hamid was. Hamid was durable, strong. Power puncher uh, Amir Khan was essentially a uh, 3 2s point amateur fighter, blessed with incredible speed and humongous balls, but not much else. Um, the, the only the only comparison, even though the fact I think Amistan, Amir Khan's family are from Pakistan and uh, Nasim Hamed are from Yemen, so there's not even there's no comparison made outside of the colour of their skin. Fast forward some years later, and used to get the same with Joshua. Ah, he's another Frank Bruno, isn't he? Now, that comparison was not about uh, race, I don't think, but the fact that they were upright, stiff, uh, sort of power boxers with an air of vulnerability about them. With Bruno, he didn't have a bad chin at all, but he used to freeze up when he'd get hit, and I think Joshua is adverse to getting hit. I think going into the Klitschko fight, there was not as much talk about him being another Bruno, you know. Oh, he's a b- more of a bodybuilder. He's a physique, you know what I mean? Um, gases, ain't got the uh, ain't got the engine. All these things are actually valid um, comparisons and valid criticisms of both fighters. But until the Klitschko fight happened, I think, and a lot of Joshua's career up to this point has been built on the fact, the success story of people thinking, this guy is the man. He can be the man. I'm going to go and see him. I'm going to pay shitloads of money to go and see him. Or I'm going to pay for the pay-per-view because we've got a guy who could be the best heavyweight in the world and I'll get round to this in a minute but I think maybe the allure of Joshua is now gone now that's clearly not the case so that comparison I think was um, definitely fairer than the unrelated but you know somewhat uh, apt uh, sorry it was not an apt comparison but certainly an apt comparison for this part of the discussion between Avid and Khan which is always bullshit between um, racist uh, English Wankers, basically, but the by by pure accident they were somewhat correct about Joshua and Bruno, and there are definitely things that you can compare about them both. Last night, Joshua never looked closer to Bruno. He was stiff. He was pouring. He was. He was actually nowhere. I don't think he was as good as Prime Bruno last night, even though he beat Franklin pretty well. He showed up badly when he was met with return fire. That's where the dealing White comparison comes in. White realised, much before the 10th round, when Joshua seemed to realise, that Franklin could not hurt him, and thus he could just walk through. All this talk about Joshua going back to basics and wanting to smash Franklin up, he's not capable of it anymore because he's scared. Before the Vladimir Klitschko fight, Joshua bulldozed people for two reasons. One, they weren't as good as Vladimir Klitschko and some of the fighters that he Uh, for after that bout and secondly Joshua felt indestructible he could walk through people he could wade wade through punches and uh, talk about stiffness I've always found him quite stiff but as a finisher once he had a guy hurt suddenly the stiffness was gone and he was a lot more free flowing um, really good punch placement combinations would come great punch variety and Joshua was excellent in that regard that seems to be gone even last night when he hurt Franklin in the later rounds, 10, 11, 12, he sort of smothered his own work, could be clinches straight afterwards. If Franklin threw anything back, Joshua would just cease the attack. Um, hands go up, bottles it. He goes back, concedes ground. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, that's smart, isn't it? Surely that's smart to, you know, evade uh, situations that might put him in trouble where he's been before. That's absolutely true. But that's not... That's not what people want to see. And the fact that is, Anthony Joshua has sort of uh, outfought himself and made himself less of an attraction. But he's also outfought himself and made himself less of a fire. This sort of punch picking, uh, you know, trying to establish the jab before getting his shots going, he is not really capable of doing that. He's not really capable of falling back on that. And that's the problem. I think I made a distinction before on heavy hands between boxer-puncher and power-boxer. And for me, boxer-puncher is someone who uses the tools of boxing to get off their best shots and can fall back on being a quote-unquote pure boxer when the big shots aren't coming. A power-boxer is someone who needs the tools of boxing in order to get their shots off. There is no plan B. They can't do just the boxing bit and they can't just do the power bit. They're not a outright pressure fighter or a brawler they need to be able to establish something to get the big shots off now Joshua yesterday uh, as of recording this episode was not really able to establish his jab too often was not able to get his shots off um, every so often found uh, room for a nice right hand uh, shot punch picking that sort of thing but not able to follow up on it because he's so timid now, he does seem timid doesn't seem to know he is. He was way better at drawing out leads and pressure fighting against Usyk and actually finding uh, opportunities in both the first and second Usyk fight to open him up with counter shots, um, to uh, work his way round to body, to punch pick out for the right hand. All these things he seemed to be just better at. He seemed to be less concerned about what's come back at him against a guy in Usyk, who I think is a better puncher than Franklin. Um, a more consistent a uh, mad more consistent output Joshua didn't seem to know how to open a tin of beans last night he just seemed to be completely within himself it's like he had the best showing technically of his career in this rematch of Usyk and has somehow taken all the wrong lessons from that oh I need to have less output now I need to get into less of a fight now even though before he's talked about he's going to get back to basics and smash this guy up just seems completely devoid of ideas so yeah, I think in terms of where he is now, Andy Joshua, Joshua's never been worse. Franklin is a perfectly capable operator. I Like him, he's kind of like uh, a Kevin Johnson type. If he actually let his hands go, or like a I don't know, a broader Chris Chris Bird or something. I don't know. He's not no no great shakes. Is what I'm trying to say, he's good. He's probably like a top twenty to twenty five heavyweight, and is now given somewhat half decent challenges to two notable heavyweights who in both fights looked the worst they've ever looked so is he actually that good they picked a guy for Joshua to look good against and Joshua despite winning handily did not look very good so Joshua doesn't know who he is as a stylist or as an operator the O2 arena we talk about the business part now the O2 arena apparently sold out yesterday far cry to when Joshua was on top of the world selling out fights in seconds I have no doubt that a lot of those would have been comps, because they just sold out on the day. Seems, uh, seems, uh, un... What's the word I'm looking for here? Again, no edits, boys. It's Patreon. you get to hear me at my absolute worst. Seems spurious, you know what I mean, really. Oh, sold out. You finally sold out on the day of the fight. Yeah, sure you have. The atmosphere's not the same. The... People constantly come to me during his you know, early career. Oh, Joshua this, Josh that. What do you think he's going to do? Is he going to fight Wilder? Is he going to fight Fury? No one even cares about this Franklin fight. No one's seen... Maybe a couple of mates that I speak to a lot about fighting a couple of weeks said, oh, I don't think Franklin will do much. Oh, yeah, I might do. It's, you know, I couldn't give a fuck. I just... It's, you know, barely selling out the O2 is a far cry from selling out you know, 80,000, 90,000 at Wembley is the point I'm trying to make. And Joshua would have done nothing to make himself more of an attraction in this battle. I don't think anyone watching this is going to go. On, oh, do you know what? Definitely looking forward to see him next fight out. Doesn't matter that he's not going to be on top of the world. Let me see him in a fight. Let me root for him. People it was going, Oof. well, he can't beat the best, and he can't look that good against. He doesn't look that good against the far from the best. It's clear to see that there's a couple of avenues out there for him. It's a absolute cash grab against someone like Fury or possibly Wilder. I can't see that happening. It's going to be Fury if it's going to happen, in a kind of you know, not the last roll of the dice, but a last gasp attempt at a, a massive payday. Even though he's got this a guaranteed contract with Dazone, or there's more Jermaine Franklin's and more sort of soft touches, and I count a, a, a pro rematch with Dylan White as a soft touch. That's probably the biggest one. That's probably the one they'll do. I don't need. I don't even know if they'll. I don't think they can even go for Wembley for that now. I don't think they could. It's still the business. It's still the pay per view business, but it wouldn't, I don't think it would do Wembley at this at this point. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think it would. Um, so yeah, Joshua's an attraction is never been lower. I think there are more people are excited for his pro debut than there were for this fight. I didn't really hear much chatter about it at all. He's stuck on DAZN, which is a platform the majority of people in the UK do not have and cannot be fucked to get so many different apps. And, and services of Sky Sports is BT. You know, everyone's got Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever, they don't want to get the zone as well. Especially when the fucking schedule is fucking dead. It's like boxing and two weeks later there's a shit boxing card and maybe a month later there's not we don't get loads of different sports on the zone over it. It's fucking barren. It's the worst service going. This is from somebody who subscribed to HBO Max, ESPN Plus, Shudder, you know, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Arrow. Uh, what else have I got MUBI fucking BT Sport I've had Sky Sports you know I've got all these different services and quite frankly the zone was appalling I, I got it for like one Canelo fight or something and I looked on the schedule I'll watch any old sport anyone that follows me on Twitter will know I'll, I'll watch anything I'll watch all sorts of sport and there's fuck all on there my point is that it's lessening Joshua as an attraction even further He's in his 30s now, isn't he? it has been, what, 11 years? No, it can't be, can it? It can't be, can it? 11 years. He's a year younger than me. Fucking hell, he's 33. He's 34 this year. It has indeed been 11 years nearly since he won the Olympic gold, which is mental. Time does fly, doesn't it? Um, and when did he turn pro? year after, I think. So, as of this year... Um it'd be he's been a ten year pro twenty five wins 3 losses fucking nothing to sniff at this point of this discussion is not to say uh what a fucking letdown. Joshua's done fantastically, especially considering you know he's got natural strength punching power uh some ability definitely I'm not gonna make out with some sort of lummox for his size and the uh and stiffness that he has he's done very very well for himself this is not to Run him down or set unrealistic expectations for him that he can never live up to. The uh, point here is to compare the perception of Joshua, um, you know, four years ago, five years ago, to what it is now. You really did have this Joshua fever in the UK, and they really did build a bit of a sort of silver age or golden age for British boxing based on the fact that everyone had boxing fever because you had this guy you could get behind. Um, and more so than someone like Ricky Hatton or Joe Calzaghi who was still I mean Hatton was definitely a household name Calzaghi was right at the end of his career but Joshua was a heavyweight now it gets the casuals in even more it really does Um, it's hard to sort of over egg how big of a deal the Joshua prime run was and after that Vladimir Klitschko fight yeah there was more naysayers but actually that fight made him absolutely massive it was up until the Ruiz fight um, where before you'd still had all this hope of Fury and Wilder, Fury less so at that point. It was the Wilder fight everyone wanted to see. Um, there is fight completely to that expectation because it laid bare the issues that had um been apparent in in other bouts of his, uh, namely the first Dylan White pro bout, um, and the Vladimir Klitschko fight, which you kind of some people kind of airbrushed as oh well he was still learning this trade and well Klitschko was past his prime, but. Way better than anyone he'd been in with and one of the hardest punches ever, Andy rallied. Look how much he proved of himself. But now we see this Joshua, to bring it back to the fight last night, Jermaine Franklin, um, who is somewhat gun-shy, uh, is unable to leverage his physical gifts, doesn't seem to know who he is as an operator, is doing all the things that he used to be able to do worse, in my opinion. And yeah, it just seems to be the very worst version of himself. And is getting less attention for it, less eyes on his fights. You um, know, in, in terms of in, uh, column inches, in terms of actual people watching the bout in the arena, in terms of people watching the bout at home. It's not on pay per view. You know, it just seems that you know Anthony Joshua's stock has never been cheaper to buy. That's what I'm trying to get at here. And given the pattern we're seeing here. I don't think that's going to change. And I think that considering how he's reacting to getting hit in a couple of fights now, he is clearly aware of his own limitations. That's a real fucking bad position to be in at heavyweight when there's still some absolute scary killers around. I have no doubt it will take the fights. When I talk about being scared, Anthony Joshua, he will fight anyone. I have no doubt about it. But it's when that fight's taking place and things don't go his own way that I think you really start to see who he is. And I think that's probably the only time in a fight that he knows who he is.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems.
2: Back on this feed, and I hope you enjoyed that uh, little rant and a bit of analysis here and there, but mainly just a stream of consciousness rant about where I see Joshua as he is now and going forward. Do you agree with that? Was I being unfair? Am I too harsh a critic? Do you see where I was coming from? Let me know over on Twitter at CombatCR or let me know on Patreon if you decide to sign up in the uh, comments sometimes. People do pop in and say you know what they think of the episodes, and I will respond to every single message, uh, if, even if it's just to acknowledge you know someone saying thanks with a like. If you ask me a question in there, or if you have got a, a pretty interesting point to raise about something I've said, or if you want to correct me on something, I'll be in there, and you can ask anyone who's a patron. I will go back and say yeah you got me, or I will say you know let's talk about it, let's let's get down to the nitty gritty. And I hope um, the more patrons I get that. We'll have even more discussion on that. I don't really do Discord. I used to, but I don't have a Discord or anything. I haven't really got the community for that. I think Twitter's perfect for that. I don't think um sort of putting sort of correspondence behind a paywall is all that great. But as I say, there's a little extra perk if you do want to sign up. You can ask me questions on there in the DMs, or you can do it on the public forum that uh, Patreon offers. So for now, if you're not signed up, consider it, please. And if not, hit me up on Twitter at CombatCR. Let me know what you thought of this episode. Let me know what you thought of my thoughts on Andy Joshua. Uh, Until the next one, in which case there's some massive, massive UFC fights coming up, that will be on this feed. Until then, thanks for listening. Peace out.